TogiNet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or even more. I give you the opportunity to go look at their hotel fees and take advantage of their cost savings. Please go to www.bestradiotravel.com. Check them out. I think you'll be pleased. Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. What a pleasure to have you here. Do you realize how much I look forward to our time so that we can talk and chat and I can share fabulous women who have transitioned through their life and overcome the struggles or whatever was confronted each one of us. Many of them are similar (laughs) problems, and then there are some that are not so similar to all of us. But I can promise you, we all found, we all must trans, must move through transition in our life. It's just part of the human life. So, you know, I love that you have you're here. You've stopped by today. I hope you'll stay the entire time to hear what we have to say, what my guest has to say, and that you walk away with some real gems today. Before we move into visiting with my guests today, I'd like to tell you about an offer that I have for you on JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. It's called The Happiness in Five Steps. It's a free offer that if you are awakening today, not in the best mood, not happy, I want you to go there to claim this free offer so that you can begin today reclaiming the happiness that you once had when you were a little child between five and eight. And then we wake up and we go, where did it go? Where did it go? Well, there's a lot of stress on us today. There's a lot of sadness sometimes, and so there's important information that we can glean from the offer so that you can start living with more happiness. So I hope you go to JoyceBeavardEmpowers.com and claim that free gift today. Now, let me tell you about our guest Her name is Rakshana Tiem. She's a former refugee and immigrant from Mozambique. She came to the United States in the 90s, 1990s, and she has overcome sexual abuse and became 
an advocate for parents and child care providers to support them on their healing journey. She is now the founder and CEO of Women's Lifestyle Coaching, where she helps women overcome their rough past and create their desired beautiful life. She is also a public speaker. She's a one-on-one, does one-on-one coaching. She has nature retreats. She does online programming and she has a community that follows her. Rashana Rakshana is also the founder of Fermia Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, which helps build schools in Mozambique and future schools in Malawi and Zambia, Africa. Welcome, Rukshana. Thank you so much, Joyce, for having me here. I'm so, so grateful, and I really appreciate just being here today. Well, it's always such a pleasure to have somebody that has traveled. You know, I think one of the most difficult things would be to move to another country. And so I applaud you because you had that courage to do that. You know, I think of even going to Spain or Italy or or any other country, and I just stopped cold in my path. So, um so anyway, I welcome you. I think that right there says you're a very courageous woman. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It is a different world. It is, um, you know, Africa, most African countries, of course, our third world country. And coming to America, we realize how much grateful we are and how much freedom <laughs> and opportunities we have. So, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. There are, you know, people that have always stayed in the United States and not traveled mm-hmm. to third world countries, as you say. Uh, it, they, it's really, we kind of forget how fortunate we are. I did have the, the pleasure of going to Africa and I was just enchanted by the country. It's so beautiful. It has those, the animals. It has all that, but that's not the entire story of Africa. It is a beautiful country, but, um, it has certainly had its growing pains, has it not? Yes, I, I believe, I think, uh, the, the continent itself, it's a huge continent. And then within mm-hmm. the continent, it has like many countries. So each country has their own uh, diversity and their own challenges and their own politics agenda as well. So one of the, the challenging things I, be, I believe in most African countries is the corruption. You know, everybody's out to get for their own gain, you know, and I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That happens in, you know, United States as well, but corruption is very vivid out there because everybody's just trying to survive. Um, yes. you know, in there. Yeah. So that's, um, that's part of the challenge. I think probably, uh, uh, the Africa continent is never growing and evolving because of that. And there is so many gifts there. Not only is there the diamonds and, you know, there's a plantation, it's such a rich soil. You know, I mm-hmm. just came back from in May. I w- went to visit the, um, the schools that we're working on. We saw like plantations of coconut, like miles and miles, like a whole city of plantation of coconut. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, if they had, you know, the resources like, you know, how Hawaii transports their coconut, you know, how uh-huh. South America transports their fruits to America. You know, it would be very, it would be a very rich country, but you know, again, mm-hmm. it would be very challenging for them because of the corruption. Well, now 
Are plantations like the coconut plantation you just mentioned, are they owned by the government or are they owned by um, individuals? Um, the, the, uh, that's a great question. The plantation are actually owned by the uh, the individual, so there are okay. you know, the, the forefathers, you know, left all the plantations. So whoever owns that fifty um, acres, you know, owns the plantation. And coconut looks uh, is easy to grow because you know the coconut will fall down and then you'll grow another coconut. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just a well, wealth of coconut. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, another country that comes to mind other than, you know, Africa is Mexico, who's also has many of the same challenges, I think, that Africa has had. And, and it is because of poor, poor living conditions, poor working conditions. Uh, yeah. Um, it just seems to bring that out in the human human spirit but yeah. you know you, you know you made that transition from a refugee to success and yeah. what was what was the why okay i know i'm i'm this question is going to come out why did you what made you want to move what happened in your life that made you want to leave Africa? So um, what happened, Joyce, is um, we left Mozambique. That was the country that I was born. My father and my, you know, at that time, three children. We left due to the war. You know, we left uh. in 1985, and we fled to the next country called Malawi. So it's it's a bordering, nearing, bordering country. And we hiked for three days to find refuge into this little tiny village in Malawi. So uh-huh. we, uh, we had lived in Malawi in the village, you know, trying to survive because it was through the mountains across many, a few mountains about mm-hmm. three days. After living in, arriving in Malawi, you know, adjusting to the culture, to the language, because each country in Africa speaks different languages and different villages have different dialects. Adapting uh-huh. to the culture, you know, living from the city and understanding the culture in Malawi, like living in a hut. Working, living, uh, you know, moving away from the main home in Mozambique and moving into a hut and learning how to vegetate and grow for a farming and start getting water, putting water in your head, walking miles to go get water. So it's a great transition. Again, yeah. talking about transition. I think which that set me up for success today. And then after five years living in the refugee, you know, adopting all of that, my family decided that it was not safe enough because there was still war happening in Mozambique that we cannot go back. My family decided to move from the refugee, I mean, from the from the village to Zambia, which is the next bordering country in Malawi. Again, mm-hmm. that was a three-day hike in to the main city of Lusaka in Zambia, and then we arrived at the refugee camp. And there we lived in the refugee camp, talking about adaptation again, learning to live in a tent for five years, learning to <gasps> live for... Oh, my yes. goodness. Yeah. Waiting, waiting for food in lines, not knowing if we're going to, I'm going to make, I was the oldest one, I'm the oldest one, not knowing if I'm going to make it to the beginning of the line in a hot, peeling heat sun that's peeling your skin, about mm. 104 degrees, 105 degrees, and then surviving and taking that food if I made it, and then also taking it to the tent and then trying to recreate. Um, 
so it was there in, in the refugee camp. Uh, that's where we applied for asylum. My parents applied for asylum. At that time, in the 90s, you had three countries to apply for asylum, and you have to have a good story. That Why is it that you cannot go back to your country? So mm-hmm. one of them was Australia. The second one was Canada. And the third one was United States. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people give up hope after, you know, if they don't pass the interview for the asylum to apply to come because there's a process and it's not an easy process. You know, you yeah. have to understand how to uh, understand English and the questions are, you know, interviewed in English and you have to answer. So we, uh, we, you know, my mom was such a good uh, learner, a quick learner. She learned how to speak English in a few months just to answer those questions. So mm-hmm. we got an asylum to come to the United States, and that's how we ended up here in 1990. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm, again, very, very grateful because I believe that I think to a lot of foreigners when they come here because you come from a place of no hope, um, yes. no opportunity, and you come to America, you work hard. You see all these mm-hmm. opportunities. You know, you have choices here where, you know, in foreign, in the third world country, you don't have the choices. You get what you have and you work with what you have. Where in America, you have choices and options. So I worked really, really hard and, you know, I started my business and, um, you know, I got married. I got divorced. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about <laughs> divorce. I think divorce yeah. really teaches you. I mean, divorce, it was for me. Divorce was a teaching lesson because I realized I had so many gifts in the world to share with the world that, you know, don't get me wrong, my ex-husband was holding me to himself. He just wanted to be selfish and keep it to himself. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Well, did did he also come from Africa? I mean, did he have um, ideas of how, you know, so many of us, <clears throat> when we go into marriage, <clears throat> excuse me, we bring what we learned in our families. And so sometimes a man thinks, well, she's supposed to stay at home and feed me and take care of the family. And, Absolutely. you know, women don't have that idea sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. That exactly what it was. He uh, blessed his heart. He's from Ethiopia as well. He's from another country in Ethiopia. I had three beautiful kids, which were my greatest gifts. And yes, yes. And he taught me, you know, I I believe that our, you know, our exes are our gifts because they get to see things in us that we're not able to see until we get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so he did, he did believe that, you know, a woman from Africa should stay home and cater for the kids, should not work. You know, her gift is just to be a mother and to be a wife and to be Mm -hmm. a caretaker. You know, you know, God gave us many, many gifts that we're capable of doing so much more. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So that's how it, so that's how he ended up. And I think after I divorced him, I realized that I had this wonderful life I experienced, this wonderful mm-hmm. story I had experienced. And I wanted to empower other people to say that you can create your best life. And I was able to work through a lot of stuff from my wounds, from my past. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to uh, to get where I am today, so now I am going back and sharing both of the worlds. I get to go back. I speak the the language, and I also speak the tribal language, and I get to take groups with me and do that exchange, bridging the worlds of two worlds. Oh my goodness, it sounds so wonderful. Um, I I want to go back and visit because I want to know what you. What could you tell us a couple of the really strong things that Mm -hmm. one 
how did you keep going when everything was so difficult, when you were telling the story of having to stand in line and get the food and the uncertainty of being able to get that food and mm-hmm. even get home with it? I Did they, did you have to guard it just walking home with people it cost you to get that food or absolutely yes you know i believe that i think when you're in that moment you're sitting and i remember the memories because it's so vividly when i was there uh you know the oldest of our children waiting in food knowing that if i'm not going to get in the beginning of the line if i'm not going to fight for it to get in the beginning mm-hmm. the beginning of the line to get the food I knew that my family was not going to be fed for the night. Mm. So it was my effort to make sure that as a 10-year-old that I'm in line, I, I'm vividly aggressive, and they taught me a little toughness as well because you're you know, <laughs> surviving for food. Um, right. What you, you know, sitting in that line, feeling the sun hitting your skin, and you could see your skin spilling. In the mind, I believe I was telling myself this is only temporarily. This is only temporarily. Mm. This is not forever. Even though it was five years of inducing of survival you know yes. I, I knew that that was just temporarily and i believe that when you're uh when you are in that incident in your life you feel like you have no choice the only thing i think with i believe with human behavior is thinking that this is just temporarily and have creation and imagination that there's a story beyond this there is more mm-hmm. beyond this this is just a stepping stone mm-hmm. you know but knowing yeah knowing that i had lived like that already in in the in the in the village, you know, uh-huh. carrying water uh, to going all the way to the well, walking back three miles down, carrying water on my head. And I uh-huh. remember as a you know as a seven year old living there, thinking this is just temporary. This is there's there's more, there's better. And of course, living going from the village to the refugee camp, it was the refugee camp was actually a little bit better than the village because there was a little civilization, there was a little hope, but then we had applied to come to the United States. So there was that, you know, this is just oh. this something more yeah. hope. I think is human behavior. We're always thinking that there is hope and there's better, something better coming along. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now you mentioned something. I have, tell me how you all carry those jugs of water <laughs> on your head. They are heavy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh! How did they do that? Is there a secret? Uh, that's a good question. I, I believe your body's capable of doing amazing things, and it takes <laughs> practice, like anything else. You know, those. You know, we start doing that when you are little. You know, you get the yeah. strength, and then your body gets stronger and then stronger, and then eventually you carry. You know a bunch of woods and, you know, twigs and you carry bundles of, you carry a baby on your back and then you carry another bundle of water. So your body just gets stronger and be able oh to handle all goodness. of those. Yeah. Do you have to strengthen the neck? There's a you lot of balancing. Get... Yes. Yes. There's balancing. a lot of balancing. Yeah. There's a lot of body balancing and posture too. And you, you know, I think when you, just like walking in high heels, you learn how to balance. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. I forgot it. <laughs> yes. And so you learn how to balance. And then I think the more you do it, you kind of master it and see how, yeah. you know, how, then you, they, they look so graceful. I was just there in May, you know, one of the ladies was carrying this big bucket of water over her head and then she was carrying her baby on her back. And then oh. she had two bags on the side on her hand. So I'm thinking, 
oh my God, that's a lot of weight. So there's something on her head, something on her back. And then she's also using her two hands to carry these two bags of groceries. So that's well, just a did, lot of... How did yeah. the bundle on her head stay there? I well, need my yeah, hands. I, I, I'm like, I, I think it <laughs> You know, it takes a little neck balancing. Yeah, it takes a little poster Whoa. balancing there. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh, my. That's that's just fascinating. But there's a question now that I want to ask, and I do believe that there is an inner spirit that some people, when they are put in such distressing situations or some people that go through such difficulties, transitions like divorces that change their whole lives, um, mm-hmm. that have something in them that says, I won't stay here. I will mm-hmm. go through this. It's like they get a, a it's like they get a, a pill that says, yeah. Go forth, go forth, go forth. I mean, I, I realize that as I um, work with clients myself, some mm-hmm. women, once they go through that, they almost quit or they stay stuck instead mm-hmm. of the woman that doesn't or moves forward. Do you see that or what do you think really causes what do you believe it's innate in some people and not in others or um I believe it's in all of in all of us we we have this deep voice we just have I think we have a lot of noise we're being distracted by the deep voice that is always calling us to do more. I believe each one of us have it. Um, you know, here's an example, Joyce, is in 2000, in 2010, I went back to Africa to go get my grandmother. And, mm. um, I stayed there in, um, in, in Africa under a mango tree. We're just visiting, hanging out, which my grandmother hadn't seen for years. I was going to bring her here to the United States. So she was a little frail, so she couldn't travel by herself. So mm. I was having a, a cup of tea under a mango tree, just in the village, just hanging out with her and having conversation. And then about 500 feet away, you could see the kids under the mango tree, uh, uh, learning and the teacher pointing at a board and under the mango tree and learning about probably 30 children learning. And then she mm. points on the mango tree and all, all these children are sitting down listening to the teacher and they're excited and singing. But you go through this process, you see them uh, doing uh, the national anthem and then they sit down and then the teacher is talking and then they're listening to this interaction going on. All this under a mango tree and it's a school. And my grandmother points at that. She said, do you see those kids over there learning uh, under a mango tree? And I say, mm. yes. Because that's how I learned under the mango tree. We didn't learn in a school. We learned how to write on the ground by smoothing the ground and practicing our letters. And then oh. she points at that. Yes. And then she points at that and she said, you know, you should build a school. And I was <laughs> she's like, you should build a school. And I said, Grandma, if that's not me. And then she says this, if not you, then who? And I said, I'm not in the capability because at that time I was going through my own divorce, my own story. I'm not yeah. in the capability. And she said, if not now, then when? You know, mm. and then that stayed with me. In 2015, of course, my grandmother passed away. And then that voice kept coming back. If not now, then when? If not you, then who? So that's when my journey started. And I said, okay, I yeah. believe that, you know, you're going back to that innate voice, the ability to create, you know, to create something bigger than ourselves, our mission in this world. 
And I went back and I, I, I checked out the village and I checked out if they wanted a school. They've never had a school. They've always learned under a mango tree. And I said, what would that look like if I bring a school? Do they want the school? Do the kids want the school? Do the teachers want the school? Well, the only challenging part is these kids walk about three miles from their villages to go under a mango tree to go learn. So wow. yes, they want a school because and when it's raining, they you know they don't have um, they don't have drainage systems, so the whole village kind of is under the water. So they mm. they can't go to school because it becomes muddy and icky, and they can't sit down. So yes, mm. of course they want the school, and that's how my journey started. You know, is listening to that voice, and going back to what you're saying, we always I think all of us, and it's a gift, it's a God given gift. We have this inner voice. And it's up to us to take that voice and create something magical, you know, for our purpose, which we turn around again and we give it away because that's mm. what we're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the statement, if not you, who? And mm-hmm. if not now, when? Yes. Those are powerful words. Yes, that is. That yeah. Is. And um, your grandmother must have been a pretty wise woman <laughs> I she mean, she was she was she you know she barely finished fifth grade but she was so wise she had she knew a lot of things and and that, and that's when I named the foundation which we're building the three different schools in three different countries that I came from and mm-hmm. I said I'm going to name it in honor of her because she is yeah. the one who planted the seed and her name is Fermina and we named the foundation Fermina Foundation Empowering Children in Africa. So, so she's oh, up there in heaven. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Up there in heaven. Just, you know, been watching, probably hopefully watching and clapping and empowering and, and encouraging me from her angel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know she's very happy to know that you're acting on her words of wisdom <laughs> with these schools. So I know that um, you do take uh, groups over to Africa and actually um, spend some time there seeing the school and then also working on the school as part of the trip. So I know that that would be a valuable learning uh, for anybody that joins your trips. And they're normally in the spring. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Usually they're about in April and May because that's the best mm-hmm. time to visit there. It rains when it rains. It's like monsoon season. Everything is underwater there, so they don't have the system like the United States. So we don't want to go in the rainy season. We want to go their spring, which is their summer. It's perfect. Uh-huh. Our, our spring, which is their summer. Um, so yes, I take groups there, they buy their ticket and I plan everything. The first day, the first week when they get there, all they do is play, play as meaning do the touristy stuff. I plan everything. <laughs> and then the, you know, uh, uh, touristy stuff, that means visiting the village, learning how they prep the food and how they get the food, getting water from the well, putting it on their head. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the ground and chopping and having the whole process of cooking, how they do it, and you know, making a fire. We call it camping here, but that's their lifestyle in the village. You know, um, you know, ex- ex- exploring the huts. So we do the whole hands-on experience in the village, taking water from the well, going to the uh, market, experiencing a hundred people coming over you, awesome. trying to bar, you know, trying to ch- charge you with, 
Yes, so it's it's really a fun experience, and then we do a little bit safari, and we do some hiking, and then the last week it's all hands. Okay, I've got I've got to stop here because we're going to go to break. But okay, I, we'll take we'll pick up with it when we return from our our break. Sounds wonderful. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Tokinet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through TogiNet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, sign up, and enjoy the discounts. This is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-I-C-E. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are visiting today with Rakshana Trium, and she is telling us about her journey from Africa, where she into the United States. And while we were visiting on the break, she had an opportunity to go to Australia or Canada. And she said the United States came up because we more or less chose her because that was the one that was left that said, come on, (laughs) come on and see us. (laughs) So she ended up in the United States and we're so happy you did. But, you know, you've shared the gift of your story, which was, 
so difficult for I know many of us to relate to such struggles, such of a 10 year old girl struggling for food for her family in a long line standing in the sun. Um, those are conditions that we we hear them, but we have a hard time understanding them. And so how do you get past the 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 wounds of those days the you know some people would even have nightmares to think of having uh-huh. to face that every day for their but there's such a uh it builds such a courage i think uh-huh. in people that can withstand it but still the reality of facing that every day so how did you how did, were you able to make that transition from the pain and the struggle and use it so that it really encouraged you and fed your spirit? That is a great question, Joyce. I believe that, again, you know, our wounds are, you know, turning our wounds into wisdom is, you know, is the best gift. And it didn't get to a point where, you know, of course, my, my marriage failed. I felt very... um very guilty for it because of that upbringing. I think we all have that, that, you know, if our marriage failed, that we are a failure. You know, we yeah. don't give that it just as, as a gift. And then also getting to a point where my children became teenagers and they wanted to go live with their dad. So, so for me, uh, I felt like I felt as a mother as well. Uh, and first I believe I'm like, who in the world can raise them more than I do? As I am a mother. I can raise them. But that opportunity, actually, I finally, after fighting for eight years of custody for my kids, I decided to give up custody for them to go live with their dad because we're just, like, struggling, mm. fighting for each for the kids. So I, I believe when they moved out and then I had this empty house with myself and I had a lot of time to start questioning who am I because, obviously, I didn't have three kids to take to soccer and basketball and, you know, all the activities to take to school. Yes. And what's my purpose and why am I here feeling sorry for myself if I could be out there helping someone else um, be better in their life? And that's exactly what I was doing because I was feeling sorry for myself. I was drinking. I was not I, – I gained about, you know, 80 pounds and, oh! you know, because I was using food as uh, a yes. numbing mechanism. And, of yeah. course, we all do things that hurts us more. And then mm-hmm. I was – going out there chasing relationships that was just hurting me more, you know, for Mm -hmm. the wrong reason because I was not trying to deal with myself. And then I realized that all this is because I had pain deep inside of me and I was hiding that pain. How about if I start looking at my pain and just healing myself? And that's when my journey started. I started walking and then walking led into hiking, hiking led into me starting a community here in Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. And now this community is so big. And then we have two different chapters in two different cities. And all we're doing is taking women out walking. And, you know, oh. when we women come, yes. And it became healing for me because then I was able to hear other women's story. Like you're saying in your introduction, is we all are the same, we we come together, we kind of have the same story, but yet what helps us connect is our stories, our wounds. Yes. So women mm-hmm. came together, women who were separated, women who survived cancer, women who the children uh, passed away or their husband passed away, moved from different cities. We're all walking our pounds away, you know, sharing our story. That gave me the courage that that's what I'm here to do is to empower women to create their best life. And mm-hmm. through that, I was able to create my business, and it was healing. It was healing hearing the women's stories and also 
now I take their stories and I put them on stage. I help them showcase their story to be uh, share on stage. Um, oh. through the program that, yeah, through the program I have, because mm-hmm. we all know when we share our story, that story doesn't own us anymore, right? Mm, right. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and yeah. it was a beautiful testimonial of seeing that, <coughs> excuse me, if, you know, um, turning those wounds into wisdom, taking my story, going out to reach out and healing. Spending that time alone and healing, not chasing the wrong things, and then turning around and helping other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. You talk about self-love. How do mm-hmm. you start a woman really recognizing you have to start with us, with her first, with me? You know, mm-hmm. it's me. We have to learn how to love first. So how do you feed somebody that's um, just lost yes. you and know, get that message? Yeah, for me, uh, actually, Joyce, what has happened is self-love is for, was forgiving myself first. Yes. Forgiving everything that I had, mm. you know, what I thought that I was still. I'm like, it's okay. It was part of life. When I forgive myself, I believe that I opened up to allowing myself to start nurturing me. Nurturing that little girl, you know, mm-hmm. I was able for me with self-love was going back to like, what are the things that I love to do? Because I was able only to do things for others, like things that because I raised my four siblings, I only able to love them, take care of them. I didn't even know who I was. So self-love was for me, even to learn how to learn how a new skill, like, you know, learning how to take a bike, advocating for myself, saying no to others was a big thing because I'm such an over, you know, trying to make everybody happy. I, mm-hmm. And when I said no to all the family members, I said, no, I'm not doing that for you because saying no, when I said no to them, that meant for me was saying yes to me. Yes. And that was huge because I was like, okay, because I said no to them, Self-love to me was like, okay, I'm going to be able to sleep in this weekend to do the things that I love to do. I'm just going to sit in and explore a book. And self-love, doing the things that I always wanted to do when I was a kid that I couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh-huh. you know, building those relationships and friendship because I moved a lot and I didn't have friendships because I was, you know, taking care of my siblings. Right. Um, so that has been... And self-love actually has taught me that because I have so much in me, I've taken care of me so much really well, that uh-huh. my love is pouring over, it's overflowing, and now I'm sharing it in my community, in my walking community, I'm sharing it with my clients, I'm sharing with groups taking to Africa, I'm sharing with the village people in Africa, because I love myself so much. I, I take care of myself. I, it's not just, right. you know... I, I do the meditation, I do journaling, I pray, I take care of me, I love me. I, we just finished our 30-day affirmation in my community mm-hmm. about self-love, talking to ourselves kindly on the mirror, doing the things that we love. So I do mm-hmm. believe it's important when we fill ourselves up, whatever that's coming out, it's overflowing, that the world benefits the best of us, not the worst of us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I While you were talking, I, I was thinking, was it difficult because I keep I keep remembering the little girl, yeah. the ten year old you, that was yeah. standing in line for food. I, I'm stuck on that little girl. And yes. was it 
difficult to make the transition. I mean, that's life and death stuff. That's tough stuff. And was it difficult to allow yourself to sit down and read a book? Did you have to work on that transition? Yes, it was. It was a work in progress. I remember, I remember sometimes I'll just sit and stare at the, uh, on the ceiling. And mm-hmm. I, but I think also one of the things I enjoyed is, uh, I don't, I, I never watched TV that was, in, I learned how to sit down and relax and watching things mm-hmm. that I love, like Discovery Channel, um, mm-hmm. watching the documentaries, learning. So I think that sitting down, watching a movie or watching a Discovery Channel led me, I'm like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to take my bike, I'm going to ride 10 miles to, to downtown Portland, and I'm going to buy myself a nice meal and sit down on the waterfront and just people watch, you know? And that's like, that took skill because I, mm-hmm. I, I never knew, knew how to do things alone. I always knew how to do things with my siblings, with my kids. Yeah. My, yes. You know, even as my kid, my my siblings go older, I was still taking care of them, paying their bills, you know, paying their car payments. So it took practice. I believe, like anything else, if we don't practice, we will never master it. If uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have a 22 year old daughter who's still working on her, you know, self confidence and you know all this. So I'm like, the only way to do it is get through the uncomfortable and do it hands on, mm-hmm. and then we build that confidence that we need to step onto the bigger things. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, for the listeners out there, <clears throat> what I'm really what I was really um and what was beautifully answered by Rakshana <clears throat> is that sometimes we we put a value on our time and the activities that we do. And somehow the the value isn't equal. So we think they're lesser than. But when we realize, like Rakshana showed us through her example of riding her bicycle, which I think was really that's 10 miles, that's pretty awesome. But if you could ride, you know, ride the bicycle down to the beach and sit there and just quietly watch, the balance is that the value, you, the value is spending time with yourself. And it is of equal value as the young girl that fought for the food. Um, because you're feeding your soul when you're sitting by the water looking. It's, that's just really, that's really a difficult thing that we don't realize that we do. We put, we have values on everything. Mm-hmm. Self-imposed values. Self-imposed. That we've learned through our life. And I just, that just blows my mind. I think that's cool. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is for you when you see a woman really change to be able to do the things that she needs to do to love, start loving herself? What is the biggest thing that you see that really gives you pleasure, feeds your soul because you know you've made a difference? Is it, can you, 
Yes. Talk so about one that. of the things, yeah, and you know, and I, I do a lot of coaching on, on through Zoom, you know, uh, where you see each other on the mm-hmm. camera. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. think when I travel, I do public speaking and I get to see, um, I see when they finally have that confidence to speak up and go for that. I see how they stand up on that poster, you know what I mean? How they face you, how they give you eye contact. And you can uh-huh. tell if, if we live in stressful mode and we live in anxiety mode and if we live to pleasing other all the time, you could tell our face is always, you know, stressful. You could, you could sense that, you could sense that tension. And you, and, and it's like energy attracting energy. And then when I see my clients, because when I travel, I, I'll see them in person and mm-hmm. you could see like, uh, light attracts light, you know, that energy and uh, where mm-hmm. you could see the difference where before when you met on camera, you could feel the tension, you could feel the, the stress and you could see the face expression and you could feel the tiredness all the time. And it, uh, you could totally say, and what's doing when we, when we're doing that, when we finally create that things that self love, uh, the mm-hmm. inner peace is we, we are able to share that, that gift with other people, you know, and yeah. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And then we're making, you know, we're making this, um, what is it called? Like a domino effect because now she's able to finally go for that dream to forgive and to let go. Now she's able to empower other women and then other women are able to empower other women. And we all come back and make this planet a better place, you know, because Mm -hmm. we're doing that domino effect. If I'm going to help 10 women this month, guess what? Those 10 women are going to have their self-confidence and going to go help, you know, each one of them are going to help 10 more. And then we right. we heal we heal our planet a little by little because we're giving them permission and they're able to work further and further and make this you know our world a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do workshops. What kind of workshops do you do? Are they? Uh, um, do they address certain areas of a person's development or? Can you talk to us about one of your workshops? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I do workshops on, you know, change, um, change your life, change your story, change your life, you know, learning mm. how to mm-hmm. balance, um, mm-hmm. learning how to balance, better balance, better you, secrets to aligning yourself to the best life. I, I teach them how to be alone. <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing in our planet is be alone and have quietness. I take women yes. in nature and have connection with nature and, um, you know, feeling there. I mean, our first mother, when you think about it, is the mother nature. Our first mother is mother nature. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, so taking, taking them that this is the one who is going to nurture you first, making those connections um, mm-hmm. and making sure that they're paying attention to all their senses and all their feelings. I do workshops like that. I do mom's retreats where I take busy moms out in nature for three days and work on that goals oh. and work on themselves, you know, fill up their cup with everything they do. And that's my favorite one because, you know, I know how it's like to be a busy mom and give, give, yeah. give. You're always like having everybody's agenda. Your agenda is always last. So making yeah. sure we're doing that. Um, I've done a few uh, leadership um, uh, workshops as well, you know, giving women permission to finally take their business to the next level and ask for more money. And I think, that's the challenging what they're worth, the self-value, especially yes. a lot of women yeah, think that they big. don't have experience. I'm like, you have experience. You have children. You're married. You're divorced. That's a PhD of life right there. <laughs> <laughs> that means I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you have your life experience because we don't see that. We don't use that as experience. You know, that's a lot of managing a family, managing your spouse, those, you know, going through those tension, you know, traumas and wounds. And finally, we learn so much from that and giving them permission. Like, that's experience as well. So, yeah. Yes. So, yes. Well, you do, the, you do the nature retreats in the uh, Portland, Oregon area. Is that right? Yes, do I do that. Yes. I also. I do, I've, um, uh, I've done them in Sedona in San Diego. So I'll do them if there's a group of people, I will do them in different cities. Yes. Oh, yes. Sedona would be a beautiful place. I bet you hike it's, a lot. <laughs> uh, we, oh, we, I call it, I call it connect with nature. It's not really intimidating. It's like, um, 40 minute walk. You know, you uh-huh. walk, you stop, you feel the ground, you touch, you know, you touch the trees. If there's a tree, you smell the trees, you look up at the sky. So you really, it's not really like you're strenuously climbing up a mountain. It's a nature work just to teach yourself how to find balance with our bodies. Because that's some of the, some, this, these are the, some of the things I feel like we, because we're always sitting down or standing. We don't go out in nature because when we go out in nature, our body relaxes and our shoulder kind of comes down and, you know, we're able to get more oxygen in our, in our brain and we feel more relaxed. And I, I feel that we are more creative when we, we come back. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, yeah, I add a little walk. I try to call it not hiking because I think hiking becomes a little intimidating. It's like a 40 minute walk. Yeah. 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 I'd much rather take a walk than a hike. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a word. It's just a word. Isn't that funny? Yes, a hike is more in the woods than a little hill, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I call it a walk in the woods. It's not less intimidating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Sedona would be a wonderful place to go. Yes. So where do walk. you have your, uh, do you have a retreats coming up for the rest of 2019? Yes, yeah, so I, I don't have. Yeah, I'm already done for this year, but next year I'll have one in Sedona in, uh, in January. Um, I'm going to have one in Sedona and then I have one in Portland, Oregon, um, in the, in the fall. So I have two next year because, nice. because of the first, because of the Freemina Foundation, I'm traveling, I'm traveling to Africa. So that has taken a, a big chunk of my time. <laughs> so I'm doing yeah. only two this yeah. next year. Now I said I was going to let you finish your, sp- uh, what you were saying about your trip to Africa, um, it is uh, for helping build the schools, but it's also a, a an experience trip for your women that choose to go. I mean, the commitment financially isn't really that much uh, to go to Africa for, you said, roughly around 27. Is that right? Yeah, so about the tickets run, the ticket, if you buy the tickets early in advance, they're about 900 to 1200 total. So the tickets oh. and then, yes, and then the Airbnb and I mean the lodge and the travel and the, the lodge and the transportation, which I put everything together and yeah. the safari ends up to be another $500 for two weeks. Um, That's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, and food yeah. is really, really cheap. Food can be yeah. can go up to like a dollar fifty per meal, so it's very cheap. Wow! Yeah. Now, how do the women give back? I mean, what type of work do would we be doing at the school? Is it painting or hammering or what? Yeah. What, what type so of work? 
So right now, when we go, our next trip is coming up in April next year. Um, but our, um, our structure that we're working on, uh, the building will be done. So our job will be to be painting um, the school. And that's our job. All we're doing is painting. And then part of the painting, we're also going to do um, a party, a celebration. So part of the mm-hmm. celebration, we're going to... The children are going to be teaching us how to do the local dance, and then we're going to perform. <laughs> so we're going to have a group perform, and then we're going to have the children perform. So I call yeah. them. Um, I call them the first group that we took. They're all Caucasian, so we we call the Caucasian Muzungus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll call them. Or they'll have the Muzungus perform African dance, and that's a great experience because the kids get to teach us that, which becomes yeah. a really big part. And then do a celebration, mm-hmm. have food, and sing and just um, do their celebration, what they call celebration with drumming, the whole mm-hmm. culture thing, telling stories, and just spend the whole day just um, uh, celebrating the new opening of the new school. Yeah. Now, where do people go? To, there's actually a wonderful video on your website. It's not a website. You go to, it, you publicize on Facebook, right? Yes. Yes, we don't have the funds yet to build a website, but that's on our goal. Right now, we're just on the Facebook page. It's called Freemina Foundation, and I will spell that. It's F-I-R-M-I-N-A Foundation. Mm-hmm. That's okay. my grandmother's name, yeah, Freemina, F-I-R-M-I-N-A Foundation. And there's a video there. Uh, where you can click on it, it tells, it shows you a little bit about the village and the community and uh, the whole job that we're doing. Uh huh. Well, next year you'll be able to take a picture of your first school and put yes. on there. Yes, we're working on a yeah. little documentary right now. One of the guy volunteers is helping putting all the pictures from the beginning, how it's coming in together. So it would be nice how to, when the project is done to to have a little documentary. So we'll oh, when we're done, yeah. yeah, when we're done, we'll post it on there on Facebook as well to link it to the YouTube channel. Wonderful. Now, so the whole the and there's a bit, there's a, a very short little video of your ladies that have gone on the trip doing the dance <laughs> in, the, in the skirt. She's, she's provided costumes, which is uh-huh. uh, local fabrics. <laughs> and, yes. And so cute. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So when we're there, a lot of villages were coming to us because we're staying in a nice lodge because, you know, we're, we're foreign. It's not a popular village and they don't get yeah. a lot of tourists. So yeah. um, it's a very untouched village, and they were coming, inviting us, and wa- wanting to know if we want to go to their traditional dancing. And they would bring uh-huh. the, we call them the chitanges or the capulanas, the wraps, and show uh-huh. the ladies how to wrap the, on their waist and and sing and uh-huh. sing their culture. She's like, okay, if you don't, if you can't sing, you can't understand the words. It's okay, just move your hands and move your body and just sway <laughs> back. And it, it's beautiful, Joyce, because when you know, oh. singing is energy, as we know. And then when we come yeah. together and sing, it's that vocal energy that we release, and it feels so good to be part of a sense of community yeah. and 
be part of belonging, you know? So we have all our ladies in a big circle, just like, they don't know what they're saying. They're just humming, but they're swaying their body back and forth. But they get to experience what it's like, what they do, because they don't have televisions there. They just sing and they dance and, you know, they do all those. So, yeah, it was really fun. It sounds like (laughs) such a wonderful trip and experience for anybody going. Now, I know that there are some people out there listening that would like to know that you are giving away a free discovery call so you can call how do they range do they call send you an iMessage how do they get to you that's a great question they can um, send me a message on on Facebook or, or go on my website okay. it's called uh, women's lifestyle coaching.com okay. and schedule a 30 minute call free call okay all right and I well yeah, I, I have to tell you that I just so enjoyed this time with you. You're just amazing. You have been very generous in sharing your your great wisdom with us and sharing your grandmother's wisdom with us. If not me, when? Not if not you, who? And and not now. When will you do it? So, I am uh, touched and changed by your life and your story. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, I've loved sharing every minute. Thank you so much, Joyce, for having me. I'm very, very grateful for giving me this opportunity to share my story with others and encouraging others to come on a journey to Fremina Foundation or to Africa with us. Hopefully they can join us or inquire. And it's an ongoing project for a long time. So yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. I thank you listeners for being here today and I look forward to our time together next week. Um, always a pleasure to share such wonderful th- people like Roshana, Rakshana with you and her story. So until we meet next week, please have a wonderful week. Start thinking about how you can change the world. And I will look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.